used to believe that all of those things were true. I used to believe that it was my fault for being beat on during my domestic violence relationship. To believe that it was my fault for being a survivor and, well, for being a victim of sexual assault and being a victim of rape and being a victim of child abuse. And happening to deal with it, happening to wipe off the dirt that I fell into and just get back up and move on as if nothing happened because that's how I was raised to do, to live life. You are now listening to Admirers, the Healing Hearts podcast. This is a show about self-care, healing, and the topics regarding mental health, because it's okay to not be okay most of the time. I'm your host, Joshua Dixon. This is a safe place where each episode, we will talk about certain topics that are often hard to discuss, including but not limited to, such as depression, anxiety, ableism, self-harm, suicide, addiction, healing, hope, and the help that is available. I will also be sharing stories, poems, and self-care guides to help in our journey towards healing, recovery, and obtaining hope for tomorrow. If any of these subjects that we explore or topics become too burdensome, please be aware that it's entirely acceptable to take a break, start over, or even discontinue altogether. As we continue to gain knowledge from one another, together we find purpose in fighting for tomorrow's light. Okay, this is the first episode that I've made since going to Louisiana and coming back after burying my G-Pops, my grandfather, and it felt so wrong to cry, like even as a man and understanding that it's okay to cry, but it felt so wrong. It felt so wrong to grieve, it felt so long, wrong to let people see the vulnerable side of me because I've grown up knowing that a lot of my emotions, a lot of the things that I'm dealing with should stay to myself and that no one cares about them so that they should stay there. And then if someone does see it, then those emotions will be used against me as if they are some sort of court of law. And these emotions aren't aren't just something that I'm dealing with, but it's something that a lot of men deal with is the inability and the lack of respect and societally lack of respect to be human, to be weak, to show a sense of vulnerability and a sense of humanity towards something that may be so emotionally charged. This week is International Men's Mental Health Week. It goes from June 12th, 2023, June 17th, 2023. And this is a, a awareness that is, isn't often talked about. And I work really hard to let my kings out there know 
that it's okay to not be okay majority of the time and it's okay to ask for help it's okay to reach a hand out and it's okay to be vulnerable men died by suicide 3.9 times than that of women in 2021 in america there's over 120 people who take their lives each and every day to suicide in america mental health is a huge issue and topic that needs to be discussed over and over again but not public but not just publicly not just online but definitely at home and at the source we need to talk about it with our kids we need to talk about it with our parents with our aunts and uncles and with our grandparents we need to make this a family affair conversation because it's something that we all suffer from but not all of us have the privilege to even acknowledge that we have mental health problems i remember growing up and crying like crying over being scared um, i was scared of the dark i'm still kind of scared of the dark and i remember i was in the dark and the power had went up and um i lived in a room next to my dad's room and it was and we lived in a basement so there was no windows um when it when the power went out i was just in the dark and i was quiet for a really long time but then I started to cry and my dad just replied quickly as he heard me whimmer in my room, um, excuse my language, but he said, fuck all that noise, stop crying. Nobody wants to hear that shit. Men don't cry, only bitch boys cry. And if you keep crying, I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy you some panties and put you in a dress and make you wear them in front of your friends if you're gonna, if you're gonna cry like a little bitch boy. These are the words that I was told over and over again as I was getting older and as even going into an adult. So I would say that happened around three, four years old, way before I even had the pit bull mauling accident. But by 10 years old of hearing this language over and over again and seeing it and seeing even my dad with his own emotions, him concealing his emotions and if he did have an emotional response it was always anger and it always led to him using his fist so that taught me my brother it was like oh well every emotion outside of happiness and anger doesn't matter only happiness and anger are the only two emotions that we should acknowledge and we should stand on. But anything outside of that is something that we should keep to ourselves or act like it doesn't exist. I remember when we went to my, my great grandmother's funeral, I didn't know at the time, but now that looking back, me and, my, me and my brother were so emotionally traumatized and damaged by the toxic masculinity that our dad had incorporated into us that we didn't share shed not one tear at that funeral we stood there 
and stared for hours, not cracking not one smile, not shedding not one tear that whole entire day. And I remember looking at him and trying to get like a uh, nonverbal confirmation that maybe we can cry now. And our dad was there too. And I remember he looked at me as if we were both looking at each other for this nonverbal conf like 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 confirmation if wondering is it okay to cry? And because I wasn't crying and he wasn't crying, then we just went back to looking at our grandmother, our great grandmother laying at laying in rest. And um, I remember my dad let out some emotions of sadness. But he looked at us and just gave us this evil look. And like everything, every sad, grieving bone that I had in my body just instantly went away in fear. <laughs> and I understand that my dad isn't perfect. And I understand that society isn't perfect. And I understand that a lot of this is passed down trauma, is generational cycles, is generational trauma. It is a lot of conversations that install fear, anger, and frustration about topics and things that actually doesn't have anything to do with us. There's something that my grandfather used to always say, even though he would barely even shed a tear. There's something that he would always say is that you should never blame a kid or bully a kid or hurt a kid for grown-ups' faults, for, for their problems. You should never pass that down. And... Now that he's gone, like, I really think about that, and I believe that. Being human means so many different things. Being human means that we can cry. It means that we can be vulnerable. It means that I can be supportive. It means that I can be strong. I can be happy. I can be prideful. I can be... I can have my own version of my sexuality. I can have my own version of who I am, and defining masculinity or femininity or even just human humanity in my own sense of being. And there's so much of that that is stripped away and not everyone has the privilege to act on those same measures. But it's important that we talk about these things. That we let our significant others know that though, hey, I know that we don't, we always talk about what I'm going through. But you barely ever tell me what you're going through. I know that you may be going through something. I know it may be uncomfortable for you to talk about it. But I need you to know that I'm here for you. That I will listen to you. I will listen without interrupting you because I've definitely have been in situations where 
I've been interrupted when I'm finally sharing a vulnerable moment. So definitely always tell your your guy or your king out there, your son, your prince, even anyone, honestly. Tell them that you're listening without judgment and that you're going to listen to them without interrupting them and that you will not be using their tears against them. You're often told that as men that, um, even I've been told this, is that if I'm angry and I lash out anger, that's my fault. If I make someone mad at me, that's my fault. That if the relationship doesn't go well, then that's my fault. If I can't sexually please my partner, then that's also, like if my partner not sexually satisfied in my relationship, that's my fault. That if my partner cheats on me, then that's also my fault. That if I lose my kids to lose the custody of my kids, then that's my fault. That's my fault for having those kids. That's my fault for having those kids with that person. If I am drowsy and I am working my butt off and I'm the provider of the household, but I accidentally fall asleep before spending intimate time where I accidentally fall asleep at the wheel, then that's also my fault, and I therefore deserve to be punished for that. And if I'm sad or if I'm crying or if I have any sort of emotions that can make someone else have a visceral negative effect to what I'm trying to express, then that's also my fault for not keeping my business to myself and that I'm not setting a good example for the person that I'm supposed to be providing for, that I don't have the the, the luxury of having a sincere, vulnerable moment because now... That person that I'm that I'm providing for has lost faith in me. And now they see me as weak because I'm showing my emotions that aren't anger or happiness. Then now I'm showing a sign of weakness and I'm showing this vulnerability, this vulnerable side, which people often attach vulnerability with femininity. So now I'm being seen as feminine and less than that of, of a man because I'm in touch with my emotional side. I used to believe that all of those things were true. I used to believe that it was my fault for being beat on during my domestic violence relationship, to believe that it was my fault for being a survivor and, well, for being a victim of sexual assault and being a victim of rape and being a victim of child abuse. And happening to deal with it, happening to wipe off the dirt that I fell into and just get back up and move on as if nothing happened because that's how I was raised to do, to live life. I had also understand that by doing all of those things, I lost myself each and every time I got hurt. 
each and every time I got hurt, I had these band-aids that kept leaking and leaking and bleeding mentally and spiritually and being told that, hey, don't worry about that. Worry about this instead. Worry about me instead and worry about my intentions instead because now you're letting me down because you're focusing on those scars. We don't know what people are going through unless they we give them the space to talk about it. We often don't know what our fathers have been through. We don't know what our uncles have been through. We don't know what our grandparents have been through. We don't know what our partner is often going through, what our king is going through, what our queen is going through, unless we ask about judgment, about prejudice. And having the space to carry that motion is so important. I lost myself being trapped by others, other people's expectations of me. I've lost everything. And being told that I don't love you no more. I hate you. You, you're not what I, what I want you to be. You're not where I want you to be. You, you're not deserving. And it's just like, fuck, man. Like, I'm just having a hard time right now, but I, <laughs> I mean, I'm still here, so I can, I can bounce back. But man, I'm sorry. Or, I'm sorry. I've said I'm sorry. I've apologized for my own existence and for my own. Not even just for my own existence, but I've apologize for things that aren't even my fault. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you went through that and that you're taking it out on me. I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry that today I have to be a punching bag. I'm sorry. Those moments where I put other people's expectations and their wants and desires for me and who I am as as a masculine figure in their life control me is the times where I was the most suicidal and the times where I had my two suicide attempts. I had my first suicide attempt in high school junior year of high school, the beginning of my junior year of high school, going through the bullying, going through the hatred and being picked on in public and in private and then also still dealing with my dad telling me that he wished that I wasn't alive. And my grandmother, I mean, there's just so much adversity that I was going through. And being told that none of it mattered, that it was all my fault, that my existence was costing other people their peace, and that I didn't deserve to have the space to redeem myself. All I all I've wanted to do most of my life is to make people proud of me, to make those who I looked up to proud of me, to let to to be what they wanted me to be, and to 
to live up to the image that they had for me because that's when they were happy and that's where it seemed like that's when I deserve happiness is if I'm fulfilling a purpose. But during those times, I was never living. I, I, I couldn't stand on the mountaintops that people placed me on and so therefore I was constantly punished. For a man, it's important to understand that you may never live up to everyone's expectations of you. You don't have to live up to their expectations and you don't have to have them live up to yours. Everyone has their own limitability, limitations and their own capacity of where they can meet you on that demand and on that promise. And understanding that it's okay to be human, that it's okay to reach out. It's okay to give up sometimes. It's okay to take a break and to later get back up. It's okay to put that bottle down. It's okay to put that substance down. And I know that that substance is numbing. Alcoholism and drug and substance abuse runs in my family heavily, especially for men in my family. I have cousins who drink Hennessy as their morning coffee to numb and to hit and to, to suppress all the pain that they're going through. It's okay to let it out. It's okay to just sit there and cry. No one's watching. No one's going to judge you. And if they're going to judge you, you need to be in an environment with people who love, who care for you. There's 8 billion people out there in the world, and blood isn't always thicker than water. Sometimes blood can be even as translucent and as vaporized as air. Note that there's always someone out there who's willing to listen to you, who's willing to hear you, who's willing to value you, because I want you to stop apologizing for your existence. I want you to stop apologizing for your limitations. I want you to be you, and I want the best for you as a young king, a young prince, a young queen, a young as a person out there in this world you deserve the capacity to mess up. You deserve the capacity to have moments where you're not at your best. Not every day I can be at 100%. Not every day anyone's at 100%. But that 20% that you're experiencing right now, you're doing, you're, I bet you're putting in 100% of that 20%. It's the effort that matters. That effort is valuable. Even if you can't keep your promise, I still love you. Even if you shed a tear today, I still think that you're a man. And I still think that you're manly and that you have masculinity to you and that you can still do all of the things that you do so graciously. Even though performance may lack today, you still deserve love and compassion and the sincere kindness and hugs that await you. You deserve everything. You don't deserve to have it revoked at any given moment. You deserve it to experience it as the next person and to have the free will to do that. I understand that 
talking about the subject and talking about these things can be hard because I'm talking about things that we may often do so often depending on who we're talking to and who who are we judging that it goes unnoticed that it goes unconsciously that like dang like he was just expressing a concern and I shut him down now I just let him know that his emotions don't matter that his emotions aren't validated that there is that there is uh, a reasoning that I have that trumps his emotions. You see what I'm saying now? Or that he's just misunderstanding, but that it's really this. So I'm not going to let this be too long. I'm not going to let this be too long of a recording, but... It's okay to to value yourself and to choose self-love. Self-love is very hard, but self-love comes with having confidence in yourself, trusting your gut, loving your body, even though your body may not be perfect. No one's perfect. No one's story is perfect. Everyone has their own story. Everyone has their own chapters and understanding that there's always a new chapter awaiting you understanding that we are all broken and that we are all healing healing is not a linear track it's not a linear journey after breaking up with someone or after leaving a divorce or after leaving a domestic violence relationship or being sexually assaulted as a kid or being sexually assaulted as an adult or dealing with racism or dealing with being a sole provider of so many of so many mouths and having that weight be pressed upon your shoulder You deserve to cathartically express safely and healthily, healthily, how that's impacting you, how that's affecting you. Because then we can work towards healing. Though I listed all of those things, there's so many things, trauma-inducing experiences that I can list. And people are like, oh, you should be over that. Well, you got touched as a kid, so you should be over that, right? Or how does that still affect you, man? Like, what is your problem? Like, get over that. My healing isn't going to be the same healing for you. If you healed in five months, it might take me five years. That's fine. It doesn't mean that I'm not healing. It just means that I'm reprogramming and healing my brain and the sores that are up there and the band-aids that I've been putting over it and taking that band-aid off and letting the weather come in and letting the, the, the raindrops from the storms grow the grass that I've been smothering. It's letting the grass where it is be watered rather than thinking the grass is green on the other side. Grass is going to be greener next year. It's not going to be green. It's going to be the same grass. If not, it's going to be more crispier next year. Because my mind goes through global warming too. The more that I'm suppressing, the hotter my mind gets. The more angry that I can get. The more that I might use my fist. The more that I might use words that might lavish and cut someone and give someone poison while I'm also poisoning myself. 
But by taking that break and by sitting down on the couch and letting a tear or hugging myself and allowing myself to understand that, like, man, that really did happen. That really does hurt. It really does suck. I really do miss that person. That's when I can water the grass that's sitting in front of me and watch it blossom and watch it grow and understand that I'm taking care of that grass and that grass is me. That I may be broken, that my foundation may not be perfect, that there might be cracks in my, in my bricks. But I still have a roof over my head if I take care of it. I can still do what I need to do. But first, I need to take care of this property around me. I need to take care of those scratches and those marks. I need to support them or they're going to fall. And I'm not going to have anything. I'm not going to have myself. Self-love is selfless. Self-love is pure love. And pure love is selfless. They often say you can't love someone else unless you love yourself. But I, someone who's done it, I've loved someone way more than I've loved myself. It's not that you don't love them. It's that being healthy in that regards of love and effectively having that love isn't as strong as it could be, that it will be if you did start with loving yourself. Because there's a lot of respect. There's a lot of boundaries. Sometimes you have to say no. Sometimes you have to disappoint someone. Sometimes you have to make those sacrifices to better protect your peace. And for a man, that peace matters. Coming home from such a chaotic world, I want to come home to peace. The kids can be ravaging. You know, there could be some things going on. But my mental peace is protected. And I will forever want that. And talking to men lately, a lot of men on the um, in this community, they've all talked about not having peace. And that peace is a key to their happiness. And that protection to have a hug, to have a cry, to have a kiss, to have to protect their inner child, to protect what they've gone through, and to be able to talk about it without taking a step off their throne, but to sit there and be like, hey, as someone who's sitting on this throne for you, I need you to know that I'm going through this. I need your support in what I'm going through, and I need your support this conflict that I'm going through or that we're having and, and we need to better my peace so that I can be better for you and be better for myself. We need to effectively address these things so that I can work towards that being, being in a better situation for both of us so that I can continue being who you want me to be so I continue being who I want me to, who I want me to be. But first, we have to meet in that middle. I need you to let me be human right now. 
I need you to let me take off my Superman cape right now. I need you to let me take off my, my, <laughs> I need you to let me take off my Spider-Man suit right now. Let me be Peter Parker right now. Let me be Clark Kent right now. Then later, I'll go back to being your Superman. I'll go back to being your Spider-Man. You're not alone. And I know that it's hard. I know that you're fighting storms and demons that you may never talk about. I need you to know that you're not alone. That I hear you. That I feel you each and every day. And talking about men's mental health, it's like, it's easy for me to talk about mental health, but talking about men's mental health, it's hard because I'm often thinking about how emotionally charged that topic is, even just for us, and how it hurts. It hurts to talk about it because it feels so wrong to say that men's mental health matters because I've been raised to think that it doesn't matter, that my mental health doesn't matter, but it does. And statistics shows that we are dying because of it, because we are not caring for it, because we don't have the space to care for it. Man, brother, I want you here tomorrow. I love you. I want you to take care of you the way that you take care of others. Sending you lots of love and hugs always because you deserve it. You're a hero in my book. You'll forever be even with all the things that you're going through, even if you took a step off your throne, if if Thor came and threw his hammer and shattered your throne and now you're sitting on, laying on the ground in peril, I will come pick you up, brother. Stand you up and help you rebuild. I know it's important. I don't want you to do it by yourself. It's hard to do it alone. You survive things that no one should have ever put you through. You got this. And I need you to tell yourself that you got this. You deserve to admire you for everything, for the good, bad, and the ugly. It's okay to be broken. We're all broken. And it's okay to be someone who's narcissistic or being who someone who has a background of being abusive because that can be healed that can be changed that can all turn into something positive just someone has to show you someone who res who can respect and value you reach out their hand as you reach out your hand for help can show you the way towards healing hope and recovery Love you. Talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to today's podcast episode from the Healing Hearts podcast hosted by Joshua Dixon at AdmireWare. And if you'd like to learn more about AdmireWare and our journey and everything that we do from apparel to motivational videos, inspirational videos, or short-form content that's very similar to how I make the podcast episodes, you can go to admireware.com and join our movement and our journey 
is better with you because we are want we want to add to your life and to your story and to your legacy. We don't want to take away from it. We want to give you things that can help you on the long haul. Let you know that you're not in this storm alone. Let you know that it's that if you want to dance in the rain, we're gonna dance in the rain with you. Let you know that we are here with you in everything and all that you're going through. That we value, that we forever love you, that your life is irreplaceable, that you deserve to be here in this world, regardless of your personal characteristic traits. That tomorrow is better with you in it. And that if you need help, help is available. And there is uh, national hotline resources for United States on United States and Canada on the website on the Help is Available page, on the AdmireWare um, homepage. You can go there to find um, Suicide Prevention Hotline number, Domestic Violence Hotline number, Trevor Project Hotline number, and so many others. I love you. Till next time. Bye.